it's economic developers' jobs to improve the quality of life of everybody in town. Well, whose job is it to improve that economic developer's quality of life? Or they go online and they buy something from Amazon or another online store, again, made in China. And ultimately, this, these trillions of dollars wind up going to China, stimulating their economy and not ours. As for the job market, I mentioned one two weeks ago I want to touch on, and that's one that our firm is doing in the Lake Martin Area Economic Development Alliance. RWDC Industries announced an investment of $260 million in Athens, Georgia, is expected to create 200 new jobs. The last webinar we want to highlight is from the Southern Economic Development Council, or SEDC. Next Move Group, the voice of economic development. Here is Chad Chancellor. Well, thank you for watching this week's newscast. I cannot wait for you to see Brandon Nettles' segment talking about rounding the bases. He must have found 10 to 20 new industrial announcements from economic developers across the country this week. Good projects, solid projects. I am sure many of these were in the works before COVID ever started, but companies apparently decided we're going to go on and commit to spending that capital releasing these announcements. It is very encouraging. He has found announcements non-COVID related, so not PPE, not pharmaceuticals, and he must have found 10 to 20 of them across the country, quite a few in Georgia, but all across the country. I'm talking good projects, two and 300 job projects, $500 million projects, non-COVID related. We've been doing this newscast now six weeks, and he never found anything like this before this week. And it wasn't from his lack of looking, it's because they weren't out there, but this week they were. So for whatever reason, companies have turned the faucet back on of making announcements, committing to spend capital. I don't know why. You would think the times are still rough. They wouldn't be doing it. But you just watch this. You're going to be highly, highly encouraged. I want you to stay tuned for our think tank section tonight, because in that segment, we've actually got Don Buckner with us, and he owns MadeInAmerica.com. And what his company does is really try to change consumer behavior to buying American-made goods, goods manufactured and produced in America. He's of the belief that if we buy American-made goods, that will force the supply chain to come back from China to the United States. And in the think tank you're going to hear, it's very interesting. He has some stats showing that the stimulus money that the government put out a few weeks ago, how a lot of that money got spent at Walmart. And when it gets spent at Walmart, it ends up right back in China. So he's got some pretty interesting stats and stories I think you'll enjoy talking about how we need to buy American-made goods, and that will force the supply chain to come back to the United States. And I'm pleased to tell you tonight, we're launching something called the Next Move Group Movement, and it's going to be designed to really do three things. We're going to launch this in the next couple of weeks. We don't have an exact date right now, but be looking for it. It's coming within the next couple of weeks. And our movement is going to do three things. One, it's going to focus on reshoring jobs from China back to the United States. Number two, it's going to focus on improving the quality of lives of economic developers. You know, it's economic developers' jobs to improve the quality of life of everybody in town. Well, whose job is it to improve that economic developer's quality of life? I'm of the opinion economic developers are about to be under major pressure because of the sales tax recession. 
you know, pressure's going to be created. Elected officials are going to not have been through a recession before and maybe not understand and put undue pressure on economic developers. I was an economic developer in 08 and 09, so I remember that time and this time's going to be worse. So somebody's got to be looking out for the quality of lives of economic developers to ensure that economic developers keep their salaries where they are and make more money, ensure that they know best practices and don't go crazy dealing with a bunch of nonsense. So we're taking that charge on. And we're going to focus on promoting the profession as a whole. Last year during the Amazon HQ2 project, we kind of got taken aback by some of the articles written about economic development. So we started talking then, how can we promote the profession as a whole? So we had this idea then, and then this whole COVID situation happened, and we decided now's the time to do three things, promote the profession, help improve the quality of lives of economic developers, and reshore jobs from China back to the United States. And so within the next couple of weeks, you're going to see us release the movement. It'll be emailed to everybody. There'll be marketing done around it. And our movement's really going to focus on those three things and doing it in scale. So we've built a business over the last six years that's been successful helping one community or one economic developer or one site selection project at a time. But we sat down and wanted to challenge ourselves. How can we scale this up? We're a staff of five people. How can we influence more? helping improve the quality of lives of economic developers, promoting the profession. How can we help more than just five or six communities or regions reshore jobs from China? And that's what's behind the movement. When you see this, you're going to understand we've got a whole movement that's going to be able to really connect economic developers with one another, share best practices. It's going to help all, all three of those things happen among economic developers. So we cannot wait to see it. If you're interested in improving your quality of life as an economic developer, we got something for you. If you're interested in reshoring jobs from China, we got something for you. Or if you're interested in promoting our profession as a whole, we got something for you. So be on the lookout for the next Move Group movement. It's coming soon. During this Rounding the Basis segment, we're going to highlight some companies that have announced new investments and expansions. We've seen a major influx in announcements this week. In fact, there's been the most promising number of announcements since COVID-19 began. To start us off, we have quite a few announcements out of Georgia. Love's Travel Stops announced a retread plant and distribution center in Henry County. So congrats to our friend Josh Finn in Henry County. Sunland plans to expand its network to Savannah, Georgia. This was after they were selected to manage a 100,000 square foot center for Panasonic. Jackson County, Georgia announced the location of an SK innovation facility, which will manufacture vehicle batteries. RWDC Industries announced an investment of 260 million in Athens, Georgia, is expected to create 200 new jobs. Fairborn, Georgia has announced an expansion of their GE current distribution complex. And finally, Batter Up Foods announced a production plant in Fulton County, Georgia. And that rounds up our Georgia announcements this week. New Albany, Ohio recently announced the construction of a data center for Amazon. And this is in addition to its previous data center located in New Albany. Warrior Met Coal announced an expansion and will invest $50 million to construct a barge loadout facility in Walker County, Alabama, near Tuscaloosa. In Ennis, Texas, Fresh Pet announced an expansion of operations with the construction of the company's third kitchen. Click Here Digital announced the location of a new corporate headquarters to Baton Rouge, Louisiana to create 100 new jobs. In Melbourne, Florida, Arion Supersonic plans to locate a $300 million campus that will include a global headquarters. Mark Anthony Brands will locate a new distribution hub in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. 
in CrossFit, Arkansas, Synergy Cargo announced a new cargo trailer manufacturing facility. Boss Pet Products announced a new distribution center in Kwani, Illinois, uh, for its pet grooming equipment and supplies. Our friends Rick Clifton and Jacob Morgan in Covington County, Alabama, had a new announcement this week. Wing Solar will be constructing a large-scale 80-megawatt solar project to further diversify the area's energy mix. Again, there seems to be a momentum shift over these past weeks, uh, so we'll continue to watch uh, for any new announcements. And again, if your community has an announcement coming, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll be glad to feature it. Joining us now is Don Buckner, and Don is the owner of MadeInAmerica.com. Formerly, he had a manufacturing company, was listed uh, on the Inc. Fastest Growing Companies in America at one time, is in the Business Hall of Fame. Ernst & Young named him the Entrepreneur of the Year in Florida in 2000, and now he's taking all that entrepreneurial spirit and really putting it behind an effort to change consumer behavior to buy American goods. We, uh, MadeInAmerica.com, started about 18 months ago with the idea of putting together a a trade show of U.S. manufacturers and only U.S. manufacturers had never been done before. So we actually did that in Indy back in October, Indianapolis, back in October. So we had 270 manufacturers come participate, show their wares, uh, had a great time. We had Ted Nugent and John Rich come and entertain us. So we had a great time. Uh, it was a dynamic show. We are excited about the future. We've got another one scheduled for the first week in October in Detroit. So we're excited about doing that, too. At the moment, as you can imagine, the sales on that is kind of light because trade shows are not in vogue right at this moment. So, But there is a lot of interest. Uh, as you know, that the, the trend is anti-China, pro-American right now. So we're very uh, we think we're positioned well to have a great show again. Just got to get past the, the virus that we're dealing with. So you had over 200 American manufacturers, your first show. I know you all were featured on Fox News. And so what really inspired you to do that? T tell us your story in manufacturing and why you thought somebody's got to take this initiative by the bull by the horns. Sure. Well, it started well over 20 years ago. I saw uh, Congress doing some squirrely things and giving China temporary most favored trade status. And then Clinton gave uh, as one of his last acts in 2000 was gave kind of permanent most favored trade status. So that was the beginning of what I call the free trade experiment. And at that time, I started buying domains. I bought madeinusa.com, madeinamerica.com, madeintheusa.com, americanmade.com, recently bought madeinamerica.org. So we have been very passionate about this idea, and we've kind of waited on the right environment for those things to happen. It was really sickening to watch the number of jobs leave in the early 2000s and manufacturing leave, and ultimately our our sovereignty left with those jobs, our dollars left with those jobs. So we have, um, we're in a really vulnerable position, as you know, and, and we can talk about that. But our, I recognize that and said, somebody's got to do something. So why not us? And what's interesting is so our organization is interested in reshoring uh, uh, production from China. Don's organization is interested in getting people to buy American made so that the demand reshores it. So talk about uh, really why we need to buy American made products. So if we as consumers don't decide to buy an American made product as and, and give preference to an American made product, the manufacturers are not going to come back. We, the consumers, ultimately control whether or not those, those manufacturers come back. So rather than considering price or quality 
as a as a primary consideration. Consider country of origin as a primary consideration when you're making that purchasing decision. And beyond that, go to the store managers and say, where are your American-made products? Because if, say, 50,000 of us decided to do that to the different stores, they would wake up to the fact that I need more American-made products in my store. And then they start calling the manufacturer saying, why don't you make your products here in this country so we can satisfy this demand for American-made products? I love your idea of almost having a section in a store where you know all these products are American made. So talk about you and I talked offline last week about the stimulus package and how a lot of that money may end up right back in China if we don't watch it. So talk about statistics you've seen on that and really what what you think about all of that. So just as an exercise, we sat down one day and said, okay, how much of this money is going to be disposable income? Well, we ran the calculation. And to our surprise, about 90% of it will be uh, disposable income. How did we come up with those numbers? Well, we took the 80% or so that are still working, incomes relatively unaffected. Uh, So then we took the people on Social Security, incomes unaffected, welfare, incomes unaffected, uh, disability, same thing. And then those those, those getting pensions, those kind of income. And uh, so there's a huge swath of, and then on top of that, those that did lose their jobs are unemployment on a subsidized unemployment. They're now making more money than they were making when they were actually working. So technically their incomes are unaffected. And then on top of that, you have all the bills being deferred, mortgages, car payments, insurance, light bills, all being deferred. So now, what do they have to spend their money on? So our fear is that they go to their favorite big box store, whatever that is, go buy a big TV, screen TV, made in China, or they go online and they buy something from Amazon or another online store, again, made in China. And ultimately, this these trillions of dollars wind up going to China, stimulating their economy and not ours. So we were very surprised to wake up and realize that 90% plus of those stimulus dollars that are being mailed out are not are going to be stimulus dollars for somebody, but their their disposable income. And it's and I think you and I talked about it, it's not how that money is spent the first time; it's how it's spent the second, third, fourth, and fifth time in our economy that really makes the difference. That first time, if it goes to the big box store and goes to China, it had zero effect. Zero effect. So when we spend our dollars, we have to recognize that there's our sovereignty goes with those dollars and where are those dollars going and who are they empowering? Are they empowering your fellow American or are they empowering our enemy now, China? Well, my mother and I talked last night and uh, and she said <laughs> that it was kind of startled her that, you know, Walmart is still allowed to be open in a lot of places, but but the mom and pop stores on the downtown square are not, <laughs> you know, so even in some places, the only choice people are having is mandated by government. The only thing open is a Walmart type thing rather than your downtown store. So I, I, I really like the fact that you're educating people because even us, we've been saying, let's reshore, let's reshore, let's reshore. And we always try to buy American, but I never thought about it in the depth that you do about how if we all demand to buy American, that'll force this stuff to reshore. The consumer, it's a demand-driven economy. 
Uh, you look at the oil situation, oil prices are down because demand's down, supplies up, demand's down. It's the same thing with, with consumer uh, items. And so mm. we have to be very aware, uh, especially if we work for U.S. manufacturers or if we want reshoring or if we're serious about spending, we need to spend our American dollars on American products so we can create American jobs, ultimately saving the American way of life. Mm. It all starts with us, the dollar, making that decision of how we're going to spend that dollar. Well, I read about you, and it seems like this started back in 1998 when you tried to find American-made products online and you couldn't find it. So this is, uh, what, 22 years later, I guess. So did, did this start with you trying to match buyers with American manufacturers? I mean, far before we ever dreamed of a COVID. So what were you up to, let's say, 10 years ago before anything like this came along trying to help this effort? So I was building a comp- uh, I built a product in my garage and ultimately built that business to be a pretty sizable business. But I wanted to source all my materials, as many as possible, domestically and was really having a challenge doing that. So that, that was part of the reason for buying those domains. Um, but it became a real struggle and a real challenge. Mm-hmm. I was able to do most at that time. It was still relatively. Uh, uh, we had our electronics here. Motorola was here. Uh, Apple was here. Dell was here. Gateway computers were here. Um, motor, we had lots and lots of electronics here. They were here at the time. Most of our clothes were still made here. Um, so there was, we still had, and, and medications were still made here. So we still had a lot of our production still in this country, but there were still some struggles. And that's, it, it wasn't as bad as it's painted out to be, but it's, it's much, much worse now. If you try and find a source of product, it's a real challenge. And folks, Don is actually, uh, he was awarded in 2000, the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in Florida. His business was one of the fast, I think the 13th fastest growing business in 2000 on the Inc. 500. So this is a man who grew a business, understands manufacturing. So I want folks to understand, Don, you're just not some political activist who found an issue. You, you've grown a business, you've sold a business, so you understand all aspects of it. So we've been around the block. Uh, I'm, I describe myself as a cattle rancher, but just good old common sense and trying to help this country. And we've been very blessed and very fortunate to have the have the success that we've had. We're looking to make a much, much bigger impact uh, on, this, on this economy nationally uh, and through either legislation, consumer education. And if we can just impact those two areas in a significant way, uh, we would have done our job. On the legislation front, so uh, we have a whole lot of folks who listen to our, our programs who are on the economic development side, and so some of them have lobbying firms and whatnot that work for them. What what could really help on the legislation side, in your opinion? So if there's ever any good that comes out of this virus, this is it. There's been an awakening within the legislature to how vulnerable we are, especially in the pharmaceutical side which is only a fragment of our, of our vulnerability, that, our dollar, that we are literally, our sovereignty has been lost. We do not have sovereignty in this country. I think I shared with you that because 90, 80% of the key components of our pharmaceuticals are made in China, 97% of our clothes are no longer made here, and almost none of our electronics are made here. So if they decided to cut us off, uh, six months from now, we would be naked, We'd be sick and we would be Neanderthals because our phones wouldn't work. So we would have very, very serious issues in this country. So we are very beholden 
And so every day we send our dollars to them to give them more power over us. And we just have to discontinue doing that. All right. And talk about your show coming up in Detroit, assuming we're able to have it. Uh, talk about uh, maybe what folks can see there. Who's it for? Is it just for manufacturers or people listening to this get behind your movement and just want to come? I mean, I intend to come myself. So talk about the top companies that'll be there. We know they're American, but, you know, the top products you might see and who, who's welcome at that show. Sure. No, be glad to. This is one leg of a stool. Uh, it's a three-legged stool, and I'll talk about all three legs, but the trade show itself is one of those legs. So that brings awareness to uh, the, the public, the general public in the United States, that there are a significant number of manufacturers still in this country that still make a lot of products. 80% of those manufacturers are mom and pop. So that means less than 50 people. So they're very integrated into their communities. They're very tied in. They're very connected. They're family-oriented generally most cases. So they're very, very important to our economy and our culture. So we, we put a lot of energy behind supporting those people. And what we want people to do is to come out, one, see what's made, show their support for these folks. And if you're a manufacturer or know of a manufacturer or part of a manufacturer's group, contact us. We would love to have you come, get involved, connect, because we're creating a community of manufacturers that are like-minded. Basically, that the brand made in USA or made in America has value. And that is what needs to be pushed. Yes, you make a great product, but when side by side with the imported product, you're going to lose unless you promptly put your flag and prompt that consumer to, to buy that. You're going to, that is a really, really important factor. Now on the legislative side, you, the Congress has woke up to that fact. So there's a lot of good bills, Rubio, Scott, Tom Cotton, there's several of them that have pushed have bills coming to Congress. One of the most important ones that I see is they're going to start putting, want to put origin on your pill bottle. So if you, on your pill bottle, if you said, saw it made in China, uh, you would, a long time ago, you would have woke up to this fact a long time ago, but the pharmaceuticals have done a really good job of keeping that off of your pill bottle. So <clears throat> thanks to the lobbyists that are out there that have done that, they've allowed us to be put into this situation. And so China was allowed to dump their pharmaceuticals into this country at low prices, below cost, uh, obviously subsidized by their government until the U.S. manufacturers were put out of business. So that kind of activity has to stop, has to be, but they have the government has to be aware of it and they have to be care about changing that. Some of the policymakers have been very friendly to the foreign entities, and that that has to change. We have to turn it around to where they're only friendly and give preference to U.S. manufacturers. One, one instance I like to talk about is spending tax dollars, American tax dollars, back with U.S. manufacturers. If they don't spend our tax dollars back with us, how in the hell are we going to be able to spend, keep paying taxes? It's the dumbest thing ever to think that buying the cheapest product out there, which is foreign-made, helps the economy. They spend all this money. You're in EDC. You spend a lot of time and energy trying to bring a manufacturer into your area, set them up, get them going, and the local government doesn't need to spend money with them. It's the craziest thing ever. It's 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 So anyway, that's ludicrous. Those things type of activity has to change. We have to establish policies, internal governmental policies from local, state, and federal policy that says we're going to buy American, period. 
And if they, they do that, the U.S. government is the number one buyer consumer in the world. If they do that, that's a game changer all by itself. So you mentioned that the show was one stool. So talk about the other stools of the, or the, the other okay. legs of the stool. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Uh, the, one leg is the madeinamerica.org. So that is a nonprofit. Uh, only and primary objective is to educate consumers like we've been talking about the importance of buying an American-made product. So some of the catchphrases or buzz phrases we use are, and we, are the power of change is in your pocket. Why not become a patriotic spender? Um, those are some of the phrases we're creating PSAs to push out. We're actually seeking some funding from the U.S. government right now as part of the stimulus to push out those PSAs uh, to educate consumers to take that uh, disposable income slash stimulus money and use it properly in this country. So we've established uh, four rules or four ideas there that if we'll follow these over the next 60 days, we will accelerate the recovery in a very quick way. Number one, the four, four steps are one, uh, do not buy an imported product. Number two, buy local. Number three, buy American-made products. And number four, just as important, hold on to your stimulus money until the economy opens so you can spend it with your favorite salon, your gym, your theater, uh, those type people. Hold on to that money. Don't go spending it just yet. Hold on to it till that economy opens back up. So those are the four quick steps. It's real easy. It's not complicated. You can find it on madeinamerica.org. Uh, and then also the last leg, according to consumer reports, 80% of Americans prefer to buy an American-made product. Well, why aren't they doing that? Well, some say it's cost. Sure, cost is a factor. Uh, convenience is probably the biggest factor. So we think that because it's a real challenge to find, identify, and purchase an American-made product, that that is the, probably the biggest deter. So right now it's it's easy to go and find that cheap imported product, but it's not an American-made product. So we are in the process of putting together two different websites. One website is going to be an affiliate of Amazon. So we're in the process of hand curating out, being a storefront for Amazon of all their, as many as possible, their U.S.-made products. That's going to be on madeintheusa.com. So we're going to do that. And then the second one will be outside of Amazon. So folks that don't list on Amazon currently, is made in USA, we want to list their products and sell their products made in USA. So if you had one or two sources that you could go to, trust and rely, and know it was quick, simple, and easy to find, identify, and purchase an American-made product, we think that it would definitely stimulate those manufacturers that are that list their products there, of course, but it sends that money. And that's the, that's the challenge right now is it's not quick, simple, and easy to find, identify, and purchase an American-made product. So we want to lower that bar, make it easy. That's the third leg of the stool. And um, we're in the process of putting that leg together right now. Well, Don, I admire what you're doing. And our target market are small to mid-sized manufacturers and small to mid-sized communities. So it just fits right in line with uh, with what you're doing. I look forward to coming to the show in Detroit, October 1st through the 4th, 2020 in Detroit. So is there any last thing you'd want to share with our audience that I might not have thought to ask you about? No, we're at a pivotal time in our history. We, this ship has been sailing away from us in a long, for a long time. It's going to take 10 years or so to turn it back around. One of the things I'll encourage people to do is, that, is to go find what's called the China 2025 plan. They have a very 
focused plan to rule the world. It is very focused. We must counter that in a very direct way. And if we don't, we will be speaking their language in in a very short time. Well, Don, give these folks, I know you have several websites that kind of work together with all this. So give these folks all your various websites as we wrap ourselves up. So madeinamerica.com, trade show, manufacturers, come enjoy us. Uh, madeinamerica.org, we, we're looking for support. So if you're part of a foundation or, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money, we're looking for money to push out this education campaign, the PSAs. We're excited to do that. And then we're if you're a manufacturer and you want products sold in the United States and you would like us to help you do that, uh, contact us and we'd be glad to help you sell those products to keep those dollars in this country. And and, and most importantly, just just relax and be blessed. We, we, we have to stand together. We're a strong country. If we stand together and if we spend our dollars properly, we can make it happen. All right, Don, thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, everybody. Alex Metzger here for the Your Next Move segment of tonight's newscast. Unfortunately, there's not as much activity in the job market as there was in the rounding the basis segment. So it's great to hear about all these jobs, even in this time of of COVID uh, and the announcements that everybody's having. So kudos to you all economic developers out there. Way to have a successful couple weeks and hopefully you all can keep up that momentum. As for the job market, I mentioned one two weeks ago I want to touch on, and that's one that our firm is doing in the Lake Martin Area Economic Development Alliance. This is in uh, Lake Martin, Alabama, actually stationed out of Alexander City, but sits right on Lake Martin. And this is a 44,000 acre lake, has around 750 miles of shoreline, just an absolutely beautiful, stunning area of the country. Pay is going to be a wide range between 85 and 125,000. This is based on experience. But again, a beautiful area. Not only that, you can have some success there as well, as they have tons of, of, of huge available buildings and properties and and sites available. So definitely a good opportunity. Um, If this interests you, you can reach out directly to Chad or myself, or you can go to our website, thenextmovegroup.com backslash Lake Martin for more information. Only a couple other jobs to touch on this evening. And one is the VP of New Business Attraction for the ENC Alliance. And the ENC Alliance is an organization in Greenville, North Carolina. You can go directly to their website if you'd like some more information on that. College Park, Maryland is looking for an economic development manager. And then the Appalachian Regional Commission, and this is headquartered in D.C. area, is looking for a director of business and workforce investment. So, again, not a whole lot of activity this week on the job market. Hopefully, in two weeks from now, we'll have a lot more that we can touch on. But if any of these interests you at all, reach out directly to me, Alex, at thenextmovegroup.com, and I'll be sure and put you in touch with the right person. Hope you all have a good evening. Catch you next time. In today's Learning Lab segment, we want to spotlight three different webinars. So each Learning Lab segment, we want to highlight three different webinars that we think would be very useful and informative to you guys. And we've been keeping up with the IEDC webinars, and this past week, IEDC actually hosted a virtual economic development week. And you can find those webinars on iedconline.org edw, and they highlight how essential economic developers have been during the COVID-19 crisis. The next webinar we want to highlight is on reshoring your supply chain for the future, and that is put on by Reshoring Initiative, LeanCore Supply Chain Group, and Lean Business Management. The panel on that webinar is Tom Foco. He is the principal owner of Lean Business Management. Harry Moser, he is the founder of Reshoring Initiative. 
Robert Martichenko, he is the CEO of LeanCore Supply Chain Group, and the moderator on that is Derek Browning, and he is the VP of Supply Chain Solutions for LeanCore Supply Chain Group. And you can find that webinar on LeanCore.com. The last webinar we want to highlight is from the Southern Economic Development Council, or SEDC. So this webinar is free and will actually be next Wednesday, May 13th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It is titled European FDE and COVID-19 Status Quo and Future FDI Recruitment, How Can Communities Best Prepare After the Crisis? The description says that FDI experts from the Transatlantic Business and Investment Council will give insight into the current political and economic situation in Europe, as well as firsthand accounts on project activity, and speakers will address the potential impact on FDI and what communities can do in the meantime to prepare and position themselves for FDI recruitment in a post-crisis economy. So those are just a few webinars that we think you guys should check out. 